And we are back this time. Uh, joining us, we have uh, Jared from the Anagamers podcast, or I guess the side pod, or what's the official term for that that you use for uh, Old Taku No Radio? It's just called Old Taku No Radio. Hi, everybody. <laughs> as, as well as uh, writing for Wave Motion Cannon. I guess you could call it the other Anagamers podcast. It's, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's the other Anagamers pod. because they are both in the same feed for me. So we're we're like the Great Lakes Avengers of Anagamers podcasts. Oh, so oh. Take Lockjaw. <laughs> I'm gonna go with yes. <laughs> See, Diego, the comics talk made it right back into the show. Oh no, I, I believe that it's just gonna keep uh, on creeping out. Uh, okay. Woo. All right, so. Which one of the two things we're reviewing tonight was part of the challenge, and what was which one is you being a cruel and a cruel bastard? The, the, the challenge was I City. The stepping the game up was Harmageddon. Oh, then I I earned I earned my podcast pick then because <laughs> you you did this. <laughs> I was gonna ask which one of these wasn't the punishment. <laughs> these are both kind of like eating glass. <laughs> You did this in a good way. I, I I have no shame in what I've done. Everyone should go out and watch Harmageddon. I'm saying it right now. Uh, please don't. No. <laughs> Gonna buy everybody a copy. <laughs> well, you, probably, you go ahead and do that. They probably sell for about five cents. They um, are currently running for uh, eight forty one on Amazon. New. Stock it's, and safe, folks. And it's been out of print for about probably about ten years now. God, this stuff's going to be currency in eight years, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How many it's going to be uh, it's going to be six pop figures equals one Armageddon disc. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, at least we can make change. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So yeah, so we're reviewing Armageddon first. Yes. So yeah, we should discuss what the challenge was. Uh, so. Daryl Surratt of the uh, Anime Brother podcast reviewed iCity uh, late last year and challenged all other anime podcasts to review iCity. So are you just that far behind in your listening? No, I've, it was just our schedule. You know, we, we, do, we do like one not Babylon 5 podcast a month. Not this month. <laughs> You are more than welcome to have as many Babylon 5 podcasts as you want to. We're going to run out of Babylon 5 eventually. And then it becomes the Crusade cast. <laughs> Just start over. Uh, now, I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure David is going to start over as soon as we end the 5, just so we can chain them. <laughs> but, um... All right, so we're doing Armageddon first. Yes, uh, a wonderful yeah. pairing piece to I City, as far as I'm concerned. Also known as the Great Battle with Genma, yes. or Genma and this, Tyson. And this was what eighty three. Yeah, this yeah. is eighty three. Yeah, it was not, so surreal. <laughs> it was just out of the seventies enough to be in the eighties, <laughs> but it still had the stink of of seventies ish kind of stuff on it with a lot of nature kind of whole earth catalog kind of stuff, kind of undertones. 
it's it's based oh. on a 60s manga, so that would definitely have a lot of that influence. It was just so... I don't know. There's just Every part of it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> it's almost like, what if Tomino fell and hit his head one day, and he conceived of new types, but he had been reading the X-Men, and he said, you know what? I want to do the X-Men, but new types while I'm tripping acid. Uh, okay. And then he, he started writing a story. That's that that's my elevator pitch for, for Harmageddon. There you go. We don't even need to say the plot now. That's that's cool now. That's yeah, no, no. <laughs> and that, that should tell everyone to totally go ahead and watch this. Oh, I, I cannot recommend that. <laughs> this is this is like Mad Bull good or um you know, to use a non-anime reference, it's Starship Troopers good. Um, I, like, like it's something you'll definitely want to watch, but not for its artistic merit. It's, it's more or less for just its just complete shit show of a animated feature-length presentation. <laughs> See now, Madville grew on me. This, um, this not so much. Madville grew on you during the podcast. You, did. You, I realized how you much swore I loved it. bloody vengeance before we started. That that's just that's just because Mad Bull works its way into your brainstem and then it kills you. So, you know, it's still working on that. Yeah, like like that's that's it. Just trying to take you over, man. So, <laughs> but 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 John Sleepy shows up in this movie as a cop in New York. <laughs> <laughs> why don't why why doesn't someone go over the plot? Okay, I'll, weird, I'll, I'll weird start this plot. and someone, like, tap me out. Yes. When, when I've gone insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, go. so we have Genma of, of Genma Tyson, who is this ancient space evil who destroys planets. He mostly appears as a, as a skull in space, and he has set his eyes on Earth. The last planet he destroyed had one survivor, survivor Vega, who, who was sent to Earth, and he's a robot. The movie starts with Princess Luna, um, her <laughs> airplane is attacked by meteorites. Princess Luna of Transylvania, remember? Yes. Yeah, let's get that right. <laughs> the Transylvania princess. Who is dressed basically like a gypsy, like a stereotypical image of a gypsy, complete with crystal ball. Yeah, she starts out as a gypsy and she slowly becomes like an 80s rocker by the end of the movie. <laughs> so, She's also a psychic warrior. Yes. So so all the protagonists – this whole movie is, is dealing with psychics. This isn't that weird anime manga psychic boom. Say it right. Psychic warriors. The psychic warriors of Armageddon. Thank you. She she becomes a psychic warrior by by kind of like Spider Man was bitten by a radioactive spider, except that she's her plane that she's in is hit by a meteor, which actually turns out to not be a meteor, and she's falling through an explosion and probably has an orgasm, and while she's doing that, she communes with the great space life force sort of, I guess, what would you call it? Like the polar opposite of Genma, basically, whose whose name was Floy, I think. 
we'll go strangely with enough. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go with that. She is very, very accepting of her new fate. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no sense of oh my god, you're lying, or am I dead? It's just like all right, psychic warrior facing Gemma, check. Where's this robot? <laughs> she basically she basically just is handed the plot ball and and and, and just runs with it. Oh yeah. Just, just runs with it. Yeah. Doesn't even look back. She knows you're not the main character of the story though, even. She's a side character. <laughs> Which was unexpected at first. Because about twenty really? minutes into the movie, Joe shows up. <laughs> who seems he to does. be the main character. Good old Joe. And, but you know, you get a Transylvanian psychic warrior princess who survives an airplane crash and you would not be people wouldn't accuse you of leaping to the conclusion that she's the main character like you could really you could really just stop at her description and like there's your movie like like that is literally (laughs) a movie no there's like 500 there's like 50 other characters you have to get through and she is a she's a side character that is one of the bigger problems I had with this movie, but I'll, I'll talk about it when we get to that part of the plot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we have to finish so explaining this rich plot first. <laughs> What's so Joe? Joe is a high school student, and he gets psychic powers. Like you do. And he, he is multi-tele- he's multi-telekinetic. And, and they have to, like... They have to, like... They have to, like, trigger... They're, like, mutants or whatever, right? Their powers are triggered by adrenaline. Adrenaline or Vega or something. Yeah. It's not clear. Yeah. Um, I think the way that the psychic powers... The, the very, you know, transcendentalist sort of explanation they throw at you is... You know, love and trust are the source of all psionics or some nonsense, but yeah, right. okay. But they're also activated by hate. Yeah. So it's like a, a, a shittier implementation of the Force, if you will. <laughs> maybe maybe the manga's good. <laughs> or maybe the manga's good. <laughs> so let's let's Joe, pray. They, they scare him into his powers. Yeah, and and he's a, he's a telekinetic amongst other things. <laughs> uh, Joe also voiced by Toru Furia, who is Yamcha in Dragon Ball. So also, also Amra Ray in in Gundam. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, also Amra Ray in Gundam. I probably should have led with that. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets power, and then the apocalypse happens. You know, civilization like collapses. Well, like, in the meantime, like, he's, like, they spend a, an inordinate amount of time on him. Like, yeah. He's, like, he's all got his pocket universe and his imaginary sister who's real but imaginary. And and, and his, his friend who's, like, a uh, very, like, rational, there is no such thing as psychic powers, even though you've slung me around with your telekinesis, I refuse oh, to yeah. please. That was brilliant. <laughs> and then, um, oh yeah, his, his girlfriend uh, Junko, who 
who breaks up with him like right as he sort of starts having a really bad day leading to him getting psychic powers. Mm-hmm. We, we have to bring her up now so we can bring her up later. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's around this time, I think, when the um, when Genma's servants get like called into action. <laughs> yeah. This is the two statue Genma. This is the two statue Genma servants. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Who are gonna go kill all these fucking psychic warriors? Because you know. Yeah. That's One not looks good for business. One looks like a He-Man villain. The other looks like a possessed, <laughs> like a possessed, like, like I forget the dog breed, but uh, <laughs> like a like a possessed Boston Terrier, basically. Um. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Or like I a possessed bulldog of some sort. <laughs> Such a weird fucking. So I mean, like, like incredibly intimidating villains. Um, you know. Blood curdling, uh, and and then they have to go set out to uh, to 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 kill. I guess they they their main their main thing is they're going to go kill Joe, right? Yeah, I think I Joe is the main target. Right. I, I think they don't. I I don't know that did they specify it that hard, or were they? Is it more like there's some psychic warriors that are cropping up? Let's clean house. They put the answer yeah, on Joe, because I think the story is focused on him, but there are, like, we find out 15 other people. <laughs> They're oh, all introduced in a montage. Thank you. Enter my problem. Yeah. All the other like, cooler characters. Like, yeah. Every character that would be more fun to watch than Joe just gets introduced in a 30-second little snippet. Like, it, it pans around onto a map, and we, we get... We get pan shots of it going to different countries and or, or different parts of the world, and and the most stereotypical people, <laughs> the most stereotypical residents of that corner of the planet. That's who our champions are, because there's there's the guy from Super Friends who grows really big, except he doesn't grow. He's just really big. Uh, he doesn't grow. He's not like giant size. He's just he's just Indian Native American guy who's a psychic. And then there's an actual Indian who's a psychic who looks like every Indian aesthetic you could imagine. And then there's, you know, like seven-year-old Chun-Li. Um, Thank you. It was very Street Fighter to me, like everything, like all these people. Yeah, yeah, like Dalsam's dad, seven-year-old Chun-Li. Um, there was a guy from Saudi Arabia I think we see twice, <laughs> like the whole movie. And then there's like my favorite of the side characters who's the the – African-American gangster from New York who's a child with roller skates. He roller skates around, and he phases through walls like Shadowcat. So he is instantly my favorite character. Well, well at least he gets, like, ten minutes. Yeah, he gets he an intro get story. Yeah, he, he has, like, Sonny Link has plot. He has a first and a last name. He does. and Like, they don't really use him that much for as much time introducing him in the movie as they got. So that yeah. was kind of odd. So there's your there's your Justice League International of Psychic Warriors, basically. <laughs> God. <laughs> but they don't they don't have Booster Gold though. No, they don't. 
Did, did you guys feel like the first half hour of this movie with all like the expository stuff was just just so damned long? It felt like like an hour had already passed or an hour and a half had already passed. I swear to Christ, we got to the point where like Joe's stuff is wrapping up for the first time. I looked at the I looked at the timestamp because I had to stop there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, there's that much more of this movie. There's still two yeah. hours left. <laughs> yeah, I checked the time as soon as they did the smash cut from. Oh, that's another thing. So so they're in, they introduce <laughs> Transylvanian, uh, you know, space psychic princess warrior woman. And, and they do all of this kind of setup to get her and space Robocop together, Vega, and they basically they set all that up. And then they just smash cut like straight to high school baseball in Japan. (laughs) And that's that's how they introduced Joe. Well, that's this whole fucking movie. It's just like, all right, we're done here. Boom. Next thing. This story is over. We can't transition to the next one. We need to go to it. It's almost like they just made a lot of like music videos and like strung them together. (laughs) The direction was odd. (laughs) Directed by Rin Taro, by the way, uh, this this movie, um, not his best outing. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, also, uh, while I'm thinking about it, uh, character designs from uh, Katsuhiro Otomo as well of Akira fame. Uh, thank God this happened before Akira because <laughs> no one will remember it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this Except still gets, gets, gets unburied every like 10 years by one podcast. <laughs> Alright, so these minions come and threaten everyone Joe loves on and off. Yeah. They, they're, they're really drug out. Like, just when you think you're done with a minion, you're not done. Basically, every time Joe's going to get help from somebody, that person is going to turn into one of these, these assholes. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. like, you can set your watch to it. Um, <laughs> th- I think the first time uh the the evil mutant psychic uh bulldog terrier villain uh disguises himself as uh Junko Joe's now ex ex-girlfriend and she she tries to put the moves on him and then she does like the you know you thought I was your girlfriend but it's me not Dio this really shitty villain guy <laughs> and like you know, does the thing with the eyes, and they get to a psychic battle, and he ends up smashing a piano into her. And I don't know if that kills Junko or if or like. I, and this is the thing I wasn't clear on. Like, are these are these guys possessing people, or are they just you know like polymorphing themselves into looking like these people? Like, they're because it seemed like they did either or at times. I felt like for the most part it was more of a, a polymorph and less of a possession. But the movie says they're possessing. They says they can't take a physical form, but it, it does seem like polymorph. It, yeah, I mean it kind of does because look, it's it's weird. It's really weird. Anyway, he smashes his ex girlfriend like into <laughs> nothing with a with a piano. Like you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so you know there's. <laughs> It, it 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 does register on the misogyny scale just a little bit. Um, just a little. The fact uh, that we get a trans we we got a Transylvanian <laughs> psychic warrior princess, <laughs> and she's just like, oh, never mind. Joe's here. 
He's the main character. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, like, I guess I'm saying I'm 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 saying that comparatively to to our next our next movie that we're going to be talking about. But um, right. Yeah. So um. So like, what's another? What's what's another one of the the <laughs> the sneak attacks? Quote unquote. Oh, um, the, the police detective, right? That was one. Oh right. The detectives who go after the after the sister. Yeah. Right. In a another misogynistic scene. Yeah, and it turns like, out that she's like super fucking pyrokinetic, and like she basically immolates one of the one of the bad guys, uh, and then dies like mysteriously from oh, probably right. like, plot disease, but apparently by fire. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely plot disease. Because <laughs> she's not burned; she just kind of. Like you know, her battery runs out and she just she, falls over. She, 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 she breathed made in out. too much smoke. She breathed in too much smoke and you know asphyxiated. No man, she pad made out. Right there, Vinny, you probably did more like plot work than them than those people did. <laughs> like like right there. Genius. She's gonna breathe in smoke. Why didn't I think of that? I just had her lose because the will there to is live. there is no indication. That she starts losing breath or anything like that. She just she, <laughs> she just dies. slumps back against the wall and slides down and she's dead. She's like, no, thanks, Joe. <laughs> I was getting excited too. I was like, fuck yeah, she's about to tear these dudes up. And she's dead. Oh, she's a it's cooler awful. she's a cooler character than Joe. She was. She has to die. <laughs> oh yeah, and by the way, Joe is attracted to his sister, which, you know, just goes to show you that that creepy shit that they show in modern anime yeah that that has a long history yeah uh-huh. incest is an old anime trope yay <laughs> it's just popular now uh-huh. oh god there was one other thing i wrote this down it was very important that so like the 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 movie kind of has two halves sort of like narratively i suppose mm-hmm. um and they're both set up by this interpretive dance witch, basically. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about her. <laughs> she. <laughs> it's like the weirdest damn thing. Um, like I, I really, like I was very confused, and I did not understand what her purpose was. I, I really, I still don't know. Um, she sounds a lot like the, the voice of the. The all the life force in the universe, uh, Floyd or whatever the fuck its name is, um, but I'm not sure if that's who it was or, or what. She just she just shows up and she's basically like, you know, invoking the muses to tell the rest of the damn story. <laughs> but she's like running around dancing, but she also looks like Dorothy's about to drop a house on her. It's really weird. See, I, I was thinking she looks like the the queen from. Galaxy Express 3.9, a better, <laughs> a, yes. a, a better Rintaro movie. Yeah, a much better Rintaro movie. Like, like he must have been tripping balls when he did this movie. I don't, I don't know what happened to him. Like, I really don't. Because they, they did all the acid in Japan, then they made this movie. Over and over and over, I kept saying, "Okay, it's that Rintaro, right?" And I would, I would go, I would look, and I'd be like, "Oh." No, it's 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 that Rentaro. Oh my God, how is this possible? He can do really good and really bad, and nothing in the middle. There's yeah, no mediocre ba- Rentaro works. None. There's and good his bad and insane. Was, 
because bad was turned all the way up to 11 on on this one. I'm trying to see what other like prescient notes and and dear listeners like it might sound like we're jumping around and 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 it seems a bit disjointed. That is exactly how this movie is. So we're giving oh, you like absolutely. a very a very authentic experience here. Absolutely. There's like like the last podcast we did was on the two-parter uh, more without end for Battle of Five, and that we jumped around with. Not necessarily it wasn't warranted, but this oh, it's so warranted. Yeah, they just they give you stuff in such a random, weird thing, especially when it involves Joe. Yeah, like like halfway through this film, the world ends. Like, yeah, like cataclysmic apocalypse. And you don't see a transition moment. It just happens. Yeah, it just sort of starts showing up in the backgrounds. <laughs> like, no one seems worried, but worried about it, though. It's just like, yeah, like, yeah yes, society's collapsed, and uh, desertification has taken over Japan. Yeah, no one it's, was it's, using the world anyways. It's like, it's like hardly mentioned. And it's also weird because the, the world seems to be, like, once, once the, the Harmageddon hits, it seems to be, like... Like the whole world is in this sort of advanced state of decay, <laughs> you know, and it's like, like this is like in the same linear time frame. So how how did we go from, you know, world ends like like to probably several years after the world's ended, kind of like levels of decay and disorder? It's it's really. Weird. Yeah, we, we get close to Road Warrior Mad Max, like Road Warrior Fist of the North Star, by the end of this movie, with the, where society has gone to. But it's going to be great, because all these psychic warriors are going to be able to rule. They have powers now. Because they, like, they solve the problem, but they don't really make everything better. That almost that almost makes me wonder what the the aftermath of this of the end state of this movie is like, like that almost seems interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't fall into it. It's a trap. <laughs> and that's when Jared wrote a 20 page fanfic. On <laughs> 2. I'm, I'm sort of tempted. Um, oh my God. Like, like there's, there's, I guess that's the thing is like, there's, this is a great, like if you're interested in making good art and and you accept the premise that a good way to make good art is to study bad art for what it did wrong but also trying to find some of the more interesting parts about it this is actually not a bad vehicle to practice that in because there's some fairly interesting ideas in terms of the world building but they're just kind of thrown in a blender and you know hit you know pureed and poured out like not even on a plate just just in front of you on a table and it it's like this slurry of crap that could that could have been something like if it just had a little bit more structure and pacing and you know it's but like the 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 idea about the 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 world ending and like the psychic warrior stuff like there there there's some like you could do something with that you know you know everything we said should have been a good movie yeah but it really wasn't. But yeah, so we have. So eventually, the minions are mostly defeated. But only after they turn into like four other people. 
Right. Only after they confuse the plot properly. <laughs> and then and then the final battle. But first you have to teach Joe how to like not sweat. Oh, and Luna had to overcome her racism. Let's not forget that either. Oh yeah. right. We should, Luna look, look, had to, that was that was maybe the best part of this movie of you know, <laughs> a robot teaching someone about racism. Right? <laughs> when that oh, line was delivered from that robot. I like I didn't want to, but I I erupted in laughter and it was it overpowered me because it was like the last fucking thing I expected that robot to say. Yeah, he <laughs> wasn't nice scene. about it at all. <laughs> this was like a like you know, a very moral and upstanding robot teaching life lessons to a young Transylvanian psychic warrior princess. Well, maybe if you weren't such a racist bitch. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you're not talking to him through ASP because you're a racist. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> and, like, there's this, like, shocked, like, look on her face, and it's like, oh, he knows. I mean, I was like, really? <laughs> really, guys? Is that is that what we're doing here? Like, is that where we're going? That's what it was about. It was about race. <laughs> the whole film. You know, it does have a very strong overtone of interculturalism and – you know, world peace, especially towards the end. It did not start off anything like that. <laughs> I mean, if you can get past the stereotypes. Yeah, if you can get past, like, the horribly tropey people, uh, you know, it, you, can, you can make it happen. But, yeah. So I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we were about to talk about the final battle, and I, I, I just remembered no, that the, from my detail. No, that, that was an important scene. That's one of the memorable, memorable, almost interesting parts of this movie. Also, random use of classical music. <laughs> like yeah. there was some, there was some weird use of classical music. Mostly in the first half. Yeah. Like they introduced Genma with the, uh, uh, I, for, I forget the, the name of it escapes me right now, but it's the Phantom of the Opera music. I thought it was uh, Toccata and Fugue in D minor. That's it. Takata and Fugue. Yes. Thank you. Which I was like, of all things, you're going to introduce cosmic evil with fucking that's where you go. <laughs> you, you you go like angry, like stage guy that can't be on the stage because he's disfigured. And I mean, you go Andrew Lloyd Webber with it. Really? Is that I mean, where we're going? Look, this thing predates Phantom of the Opera by a few years. So Andrew Lloyd Webber ripped off Genma Wars. <laughs> I'm saying it right. You're going on the record with this. Breaking news on all geeks considered, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wow, that's a, just a whole new level of bold, fake news. There. Bold claims of plagiarism. <laughs> oh my god! By Andrew Lloyd Webber of anime classic Armageddon. <laughs> that's not oh alternative god. fact. That's true facts. Oh yeah. We're gonna get sued. Uh, uh. If we get sued, we'll get listeners. <laughs> <laughs> now I know where your heart is. Uh, Whatever it takes, more listeners. <laughs> You're gonna be the number one podcast on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume if Andrew Lloyd Webber sues us, we'll at least get in the top fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cereal, they're coming for you. 
Uh, Joe almost gets turned to stone, you know, like you do. Wasn't it anticlimactic? Did anyone else feel like that? This this ending fell so fucking flat to me. I started playing Fire Emblem Heroes while watching it. It was. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. It was like you did that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Genma was just like, oh, done. Like it didn't take anything. They're just like love. Okay, he loves. Problem solved. He, he gives him the Care Bear stare and. <laughs> If this movie was just a few years later, for that scene, they could have had Huey Lewis in the news do Power of Love, and it would have been, <laughs> would have been so perfect. <laughs> but it would have sure. been the same movie. I'm not sure if perfect is the right word. <laughs> and yeah, by the end of this movie, Transylvanian uh, Psychic Warrior Princess absolutely looks like she could be a character in the next movie we're going to talk about. It's yeah, she like When the apocalypse happens, she goes full 80s rocker. Like, she changes her mm-hmm. look, she dyes her hair. She has said, well, we're in the post-apocalypse, I've got to look like I'm a fish of the North Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, so yeah, the the climax falls flat, you know, Genma is just a chump. And you lose your robot, who, you know, was probably one of the redeeming things in this movie. Before Vega dies. Or goes on vacation forever. <laughs> and yeah, get- then they're left to rule the world, right? <laughs> yeah. That's Harmageddon. G- Gidma, like, so cosmic fucking evil, right? We established that early. Cosmic fucking evil turns out to be this old doctor dude who turns into a lava dragon. So basically, like, pick any, like, like Tales game, like Tales JRPG game. The, the the final boss like that's that's what they fucking deal with like that's cosmic evil it was uh, like yeah uh, underwhelming is is not a strong enough word yeah Mega Man's creator is the, all, <laughs> the source of all evil yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> that is a true and accurate statement <laughs> so um, again. Did you guys want to do some questions related to Harmageddon? Yes. D- Absolutely. D- yeah, D- Dave Merrill's in questions, so. Thank you, Dave. Um, so the uh, the first the first question, he, he leads strong here. Uh, Keith Emerson, Harmageddon music. Great anime soundtrack or greatest anime soundtrack? Greatest. I, I, um, I like it. I, I actually it was do fun. think it's one of the stronger parts of the movie. Yeah, I, I have been known to frequently, secretly uh, drink deeply of the prog rock cup. Uh, so uh, I, I was, I was very pleased with the music, and uh, particularly his, uh, in, his ending song. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. So, and and it was like the music was the most impactful thing about the entire movie, like like easily. Uh, let's yeah, see. I, mean, I thought it was fun. Uh. It's the only thing that's like, mem- like strongly memorable that seems well, per- well, like well produced in the movie. Everything else seems accidentally memorable. That that I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Uh, let's second question. Second question. Uh, he said, "Also, is the New York City scene too stereotypical slash caricaturish?" 
what's the deal with the sister thing? Does the film stick the landing? So it's like three questions, but he, he, he offers like a clarifying bit about the third question. So you want to talk about the New York City scene first and then the sister thing second? Sure. Yeah. So, yes. Um, but so was the movie. <laughs> like, I don't think that the New York scene went above and beyond anywhere else in the movie in terms of stereotype. I would say the New York scene may end up being, like, remarkably prescient, giving our current sociopolitical state – um, but, but, um, but in a normal world, yeah, I do, I do think it's insanely stereotypical and caricaturish, but the whole movie is that way, really. Right. It doesn't seem out of place for either anime or 83 of what the, what the image of New York and cities were though. That's probably true. It's like, it, it it feels more of setting itself in its own time period than it's, you know, a caricature of New York. I don't know. Because, I mean, like, Escape from New York isn't that many years off from this. No, it's not. So, it's the, it's the same sort of, or, yeah, that was two years earlier. So New York has, you know, it has a dystopian image from this time period. Right. Which, if you ever want to review that excellent movie, <laughs> call me back and I'll, I'll we come will do review that. all John Carpenter films in the fullness of time. Oh God, please. Um, okay, so the sister thing. Uh, I think we kind of touched on that earlier. Yeah, we definitely discussed it. It's there's there's a little bit of incestualness to that, and especially like he he like I'm trying to clarify he. His sister was just around, and she ended up being a, a psychic warrior. But he also created a mental clone of her to, I don't know, comfort himself. I I kind of about right. I kind of just read I re, I interpreted that as that's like his imagination or his like daydreaming. But then there towards the end, there is kind of like a a force ghost kind of feel about her you know because she sort of manifests in an odd way like there towards the end mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it seems like it, like it could have just gone like they just gone parent and like that, that parental relationship of a sister might have been more comfortable but for some reason they added this like sexual tension on there with her and the ex-girlfriend and him yeah, ex-girlfriend like straight up breaks up with the with Joe because she she can't compete with with the sister. Like that's literally the line. <laughs> it's like really weird. And what was the third question? The the third part of the part. of his multi-part question was does the film stick the landing? That is to say, does it have a satisfying climax or does it peter out amidst magical psychic force beam zapping? I'm going with the latter. <laughs> yeah, it definitely peters out. It does not. It doesn't end. It kind of it just stops. They, they they kill him and they're done. Yeah, they. It's like they run out of budget for force beam zapping and they go up. Oh, all right, pull up stakes, guys. We're done. And credits. Yeah, they look at the runtime of the movie. Like, wait, wait, wait. We're, we're two hours ten minutes already. We just gotta stop here. Long movie. It was such that a long two, movie. That two hours and ten minutes, you're you're gonna 
you're going to feel time stretch out before you <laughs> like a long that. road. <laughs> when you've got to fit 14 years of manga into one movie, you need every minute. Yeah. And the results are about what you would expect. Oh, yeah. No. Oh. Did he have a third question? Um, well, that was that was it. It was kind of um, – it ended up that his third question ended up being sort of a clarifying – Oh, okay. A clarifying point on the um, to see. his his question about the the landing. Okay. Yeah, this is some but. good late night video from anime. No, I'll hell, agree with hell that. Hell yeah. Like yeah, if you're if you're with friends and just a little bit drunk, this is probably put it on at midnight right, in, right in, the, in the video room. Anyone who survives, get my ribbon. So, are we ready to move on to the actual challenge piece? Yes, the actual challenge. The easier challenge. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I liked it better. I mean, I, I definitely liked the challenge piece better. Which makes me want to go back and listen to his podcast to see how he liked it. <laughs> well, yeah, listen to that and listen to, the, to their Armageddon podcast. I don't really want to listen to any more things involving Armageddon. I, I believe uh, Annie Gamers, like the Annie Gamers Prime, uh, the uh, Evan and David podcast. I believe they they also reviewed uh, I City, and I believe the Fast Karate people also reviewed I City yeah, on their podcast. Okay. So, like in addition to the AWO people, so lots of lots of folks uh, Have taken taking the challenge. Or just bad people. I challenge Anna Gamers to review Armageddon. <laughs> I will send you both a copy. I am I am tweeting that right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Let right. me pull on my AI City tab here. Can we take a quick break before we jump into that, so I can get more uh, beverage? Sure, sure. Thank That's you so much. Idea. Let's let me finish. My let me finish banging out this tweet, and I'll <laughs> I'll go do that. I can't. It's such a horrible movie, Vinny. It, re it really is a disaster, but I, st I still enjoy it in in a terrible way. I know you, but we have we have very different thresholds for that. I don't entirely disagree with you that terrible can be good, but but I, I don't know where the stop point is. There, there's no like, you know. Breakpoint for that for me. No, there isn't. I think I, I, you have such a much higher tolerance for. It's time for us to start all over trusting in our dreams. The light is love, it gives us all the strength to shine through our lives. A I'm so excited to talk about this one. I I still think it's terrible, but it was much more enjoyable. I <laughs> enjoyed the hell out of this. This is the right kind of terrible. This is like the like, not offensively bad terrible. 
I would watch more things in this universe. This was like, like Harmageddon goes for the philosophical, uh, kind of transcendental bit, and I City's like maximum eighties cyberpunk bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so fucking pulpy. I love it. Like, there was it's, someone um, smart who worked on Harmageddon, like at some script level. Then there's some core of like intellect there. There is no such concept for I City. <laughs> the entire time that I watched iCity, I could not help but think of Bubblegum Crisis because it's it's just it's a year before Bubblegum Crisis comes out, and it's it's just so there's so many similar kind of kind of things in it that um, that just evoke Bubblegum Crisis for me, like the the opening scene on the road with the bikes and the car and all that, and just the uh, the tuned men like all, so much of it anyway i've never seen that we, we, wait we what can, we can fix that you've never seen what <laughs> you've never crisis. seen bubblegum crisis yeah no oh my fucking week. lord okay yeah that y'all gotta fix that um <laughs> diego what, what can i do to get you to watch bubblegum crisis i think you oh. just have to make many tickets <laughs> um I, I will I will give you guys kind of a, a an exclusive spoiler. Um, Old Talking to Radio is going to be covering uh, Bubblegum Crisis this year. It's probably going to be our December show. Okay. Uh, instead of doing an anime of the year, we're going to do a retrospective since it's the 30th anniversary of Bubblegum Crisis. God help us this year. Okay, that's cool. So look forward to that in December. But um, and I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna write about it for Wave Motion Canada at some point. Uh, by the way, Josh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch that. Um, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, it's um, I I love Bubblegum Crisis. It's one of my formative shows. So yeah, absolutely. Like like if all the parts of I City that you enjoyed, Diego. Imagine if there were like OVAs, a series of them that were all like like I City, but good. Like actually good, <laughs> and, okay. and that's that's bubblegum crisis. That sounds somewhat exciting. We'll anyway, have to, uh, we'll like have to put it in music and that that I is le- that is legit best soundtrack right there. I think it you've seen it all, Benny. I think I haven't seen the last episode. Scoop Chase, Scoop Chase is great. It's it's like probably the weakest episode, and it focuses on Nene, but that's okay. Ugh. No one's like an episode. <laughs> That's why they put it last. They had to have they had to have one Nene episode. Fine, they had to have one Nene episode. I mean, you had you had even even Lisa got an episode for God's sakes, or Lena, the 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 dancer with the vorpal ribbon power armor. Yeah. See, there's I dancers know. with vorpal ribbon power armor, Diego. Like it's 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 I, objectively yeah, good. I heard. Objectively we'll good. Have to Before pull ribbon, pull the... it's objectively good. <laughs> we'll just put have to that, fit into our queue. Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> All right, so I-City. We should actually start talking about it. Yes. I-City. <laughs> Once more based on a manga. This one was two volumes, and it was really not too much earlier. It was like a couple of years earlier than the movie was released. 
Yeah. And it felt like they adapted a two-volume manga. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, this also the, the entire manga series. Just less manga series. Right, it was easier to fit in. <laughs> it felt smoother. Not completely smooth by any means, but smoother. So, so, so what's what's our backdrop here? It's the future. We're in New York City. Or something that looks a lot like New York City. It's got to be Tokyo, right? No, it's definitely Tokyo. It's no, it looks like New York. Like the way, like there, there are buildings in there that like like look that are like, like New York buildings to me. I think it's Tokyo. I, I swear to you, it's Tokyo. Okay, I'll believe you. I even think that there's like a a, a scene. I could be mixing the two show uh, the two movies up now, but I think there's even a scene where it shows like the train the JR train station for the Yamanote line, but. I, think, I could be I that completely that all in, cause this, that might this be in the subway. Like, it looks like New York subways in this one to me. Or no, no, those subways were in Armageddon. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> the films have bled together. <laughs> well, yeah, I, they have a lot in common. Actually, there's a lot of core. There's a lot of core things that they have in common. So there's sort of a focus on uh, women. In not a great way, um, there's um, a woman kind of holds the – in both both movies, even though in neither movie the woman is the main character. Thank you, 1980s. Um, it's – a woman holds the key to kind of the – you know, like salvation, I guess, in, in right, both they're, they're, they're always the key to unlock the dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they both have weird, actually, weird psychic things. Right. This, there this is also. Actually, yeah. Yeah. It reminded me weirdly of um, that uh, Russian movie based on the books Nightwatch. I mean, whereas mm. this is much more cyberpunk, absolutely. But I don't know. Just, you know, these people running around with psychic powers, combating each other, like, in the underlayer of society. Hmm. That, that's kind of it. Kind of like spray a, like a night watch vibe to me. I guess to a much lesser extent, like a Wicked City vibe. Yeah, yeah, it does have a little bit of a Wicked City vibe. That's a that's a really that's an apt comparison. Um, the um the bad the evil organization in this in this movie is named uh, Fraud, which <laughs> in Japanese like because we watched or I, I watched it subtitled. So in Japanese they they say Fraud. Like fraudo, like which I guess that's how you would say fraud if you were like like enunciating the katakana of it. But yeah, the most random name for a, an evil organization. Yeah, because because th- there were cops investigating fraud. And I'm like, do they just mean like fraud? The, Thank the, you. The crime of fraud. Yeah, like it's like perked my ears up because I'm like, shit, I'm involved in fraud in my company. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they're going to talk about. <laughs> You're absolutely right, because for about five minutes in this movie, for five minutes in this movie, when you meet this this former detective, and he says, I got I got kicked out of the force for investigating fraud, and you're like, I guess the place in this city are really corrupt. 
And they are, just not for the reasons you thought. <laughs> That's exactly where my head went to, Diego. It's exactly step by step where where my my processes led me. Oh God! <laughs> but no, this was this was hard to find because like I had to watch it on YouTube. Yeah, th- yeah. this is a true lost uh, piece. Yeah, it's it's all available in its subtitle glory on YouTube, and and it even has like, I think the encode is a right stuff encode or something like that. Yeah, they they just ripped an old 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 DVD or an old old ta- an old tape and threw yeah. it on YouTube. Yeah, which you know, and if, I'm grateful. If it's not out on any sort of home home video you can buy now, thank you, thank you, thank you for pirating this to YouTube. Which uh, something something else about this movie. Uh, before we get too too deep into the details of it, the uh, so Harmageddon, you know, it's it's got some decent animation, good character, really good character designs, decent animation. I City for an for an eighties anime that's not Akira for an for an eighties anime movie that's not Akira, really pretty. Uh, there's some really good there's some really good period animation uh, happening. And lots of um, you know, lots of detail in 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 the different action scenes and things like that. So like visually, I was like, oh yeah, this is like a this is like a good showcase of of solid '80s anime techniques. Now I'm sure some Sakuga guy somewhere is like pissing blood that I just said all that, but like to me, it looked really great um, for for its time. What did you guys did you guys have any kind of reaction to the animation at all? I like, like I think I thought it had like a distinct cool thing, you know, going for it. Like all the fights were well, you could follow what was going on, and you knew who was doing what. I definitely thought the the animation was very respectable. I also I enjoyed the the direction there and the, the way they sometimes like they're like I think every anime and probably to a major extent every animation chooses a lot of especially action-based ones choose where to minimize things whether it's to save work or for artistic choice but this one made some really good choices in terms of that just jump cuts and um um minimalistic use like conveyances of their powers or abilities Mm. so the director for i-city was also the director for dirty pair project eden hmm um, also the, let's see. Oh shit. He, he was the Dominion tank police as well. Yeah. Um, irresponsible captain Tyler also, which is a great nineties anime that everyone should watch. Um, still, I mean, fairly prolific guy, like all the way up into the two thousands. Um, seems like he hasn't done a lot lately, but, uh, Hopefully he's not dead. <laughs> um, no, he's still alive. Okay. Um, but uh, dot hack, noir. Uh, let's see, lots of dot hack, like all the dot hack. The first season of Subasa Chronicle. Uh, I mean, so and the second season. So guys, guys got a lengthy and and multi generational resume. But uh, Koichi Mashimo is uh, the director. Of of I City, so yeah, like I I I like the direction in this. This was this was solid, and 
you know, so many of like the the scenes that are kind of hard to animate that I, I, people took like lavish pleasure in animating in the 1980s, like like people's faces exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, these are you want to see like like you know besides um, besides the anime that has the killer cat from outer space in it. Um, if you want to see some great like facial explosions, I City is your is your film. It's it's really good. <laughs> That's, that's a bold yeah, quote right there. You're right. I mean, when you're right, you're right. It's absolutely I mean, it, true. I mean, it's right down to like the blowing the top of the head off somebody, and like you see, like the tongue like swings around a little bit in the lower jaw, and it's like animated. I mean that that is that is passion for craft right there. Is it the best application for that passion? Maybe not, <laughs> but you know, pa- the passion is unquestionable. No, you're you're absolutely right. It's the yeah, they, they, the the detail level here is great. Um, and I do think the animation was good, and I thought like uh, I'll second Vinny's support on like the fight scenes were really solid. Mm-hmm. It's so often nowadays when you're seeing something like that, you can't tell what's happening where in fight scenes, and this was very careful, like. To make sure you knew what was happening. So, so now that we've talked up how great the animation is, <laughs> we should probably like bring people back down to reality of, of if you're if you're coming expecting like a an incredibly captivating plot, eh, probably not. No, no it, <laughs> it's, it's just like Bob Psycho. There's numbers and psychic powers and good animation. <laughs> well, I mean, there's obviously the misogyny, which is. I turn off. Yeah, yeah. Th- this 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 film takes exquisite pleasure in showing women being tortured and and beaten up, and and you know even though there are dudes fighting, you really don't see that with the dudes. It's kind of like oh you get hit and knocked into a wall or you know oh you your face explodes, but you know it's not really drawn out. Um, what? It it's really weird. Let's talk about one of one specific instance where this is like where I feel like a character really just got just the raw fucking deal. So you have one of the first enemies you fight is uh, is referred to as K two, right? She's one of these fraud head meter people who attack them while they're driving away with this cop. Yeah, so the bad guys are called or like all of the psychics are called head meters, and the head meters literally have numbers on their forehead that as they are increased they're upping their power level kind of dragon ball style the numbers like go up it's it's ridiculous right. all right sorry please continue no 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 it was, it's important i i, I used slang <laughs> but so she through through various you know power usage and fight she ends up rescued by the heroes after she was trapped in the abyss that one of these heroes created having lost all of her memory. So then she basically just kind of falls in love with the detective through no real story point, gets back her memory later, and still says, eh, they would just kill me anyway, so I'll be with you guys. I love you. And it's just like, it's so, like, just, oh, it's so horrible. Like I feel for this horrible evil woman. 
like the one the only real like redeeming character in this in this entire movie is uh snarf's cousin who is this highly intelligent cat who for some reason just reminds me of snarf from thundercats uh-huh. um and he's basically like an anthropomorphized cat he can't speak english but he he obviously has like humanoid level intelligence and um and and dresses in a very 80s fashion uh it's it's he's he's the best character in the whole in the whole thing it, it, the cat is the only thing to watch the movie for cat the animation yeah so we'll, we'll, we can move on to the plot and then uh, i've gotten to yell about k2 yeah i mean i agree with you though the way k2 is treated is is just stupidly objectifying and like just like needlessly like masturbatorily like right abused to the point where she's she's dressing up in costumes for the detective, because why not? Yeah, like she she basically like at a certain point after after walking around like in just Hadaka trench coat like the whole time uh, for the first part of the movie, she she then dons a bunny costume like a literal bunny costume, like a Playboy like, bunny costume. Yeah, and and spends the rest of the movie fighting in that. Because she was naked before that, so I guess that's a, I guess it's a step up. Yeah, that's their idea of 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 making her a co-equal to the rest of the cast. But yeah, just because he idly mentions that look great with buddy ears, so both yeah. funny ears. <laughs> like they okay, didn't that's... find them; they just appeared. They did. They really did. <laughs> and I didn't really expect her it's just like he says that and then like the next scene you see them she's wearing bunny ears and you're just like wait he was serious what yeah so you have you have Kay who has escaped fraud he's a failed experiment right right he he's not really a powerful head meter his number only goes up to five usually and he's got some he's also perform he's also has some cybernetic enhancements on the level where the the minions of fraud are called tuned men which is a great name for minions i think oh it is absolutely especially in this genre no i like that and so he's he's like a bit of a hybrid, and he's escaped because with this young person who is a clone of the woman he loved who was killed by that group. Say that one more time just in case people couldn't follow how fucking weird that is. Yes. So <laughs> Kay, who is a hybrid head meter tuned man, has... And a failed experiment, really, because he's not a powerful one of either. Uh, a failed experiment of fraud has escaped from fraud with A, who is a clone of his former lover who was killed by fraud and refers to him as her father. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's the plot. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's the plot. <laughs> really, that's all you need. 
and then things happen. It's basically just one gigantic chase for them through the city with various nuances of bad guys. They actually do try and get a little clever with their bad guys, though. And they may even succeed a little. Because the main bad guy is, I don't know if it's predictably or unpredictably, but the main guy, bad guy ends up being only kind of a bad guy. He's just or, trying yeah, to help. One, yeah, the one who you think is the main bad guy. Right. Yeah. It, it actually, for a batshit movie, it actually has a pretty decent turn. Um, no, that I thought that was a good. You're right. I thought that was a really good turn. Yeah. I didn't so, really anticipate that. So I, I guess the, the 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 reveal is that the 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 real mastermind behind all the trouble is basically sentient DNA. Sentient genetic material. I don't know, Vinny. I will yield to your expertise on this kind of stuff. But like, <laughs> did they mention like a specific like was it like nucleotides or like DNA that was sentient or something? Like, I think there were like certain like mutated nucleotides that become sentient <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's like crazy. <laughs> but the clone is a pure human. Like we find out at the end, right? And she's supposed to be like, does she have like, is she like the arc of human DNA? Basically, she's, they call her the trigger. And, and she's, she's got like the pure human code. So apparently like, like this, this intelligent, malevolent nucleotide we'll call him slurry. Yeah, it, it like, it takes over, right? And so, like, it seems to suggest, and maybe I maybe I misunderstood this, but it seems to suggest through like a sequence of flashback scenes that don't make a lot of sense <laughs> that there's that we've actually had several generations since this giant catastrophe happened, where the genetic material kind of like went crazy, and the people in the movie are like genetic copies, more or less. Of the original humans who were around at the time of this calamity with the genetic material going haywire and kind of taking over everything. That's that's at least what I kind of read into it. That sounds right. Because the characters are the same design. Like I thought that they were all the same characters who had done the like done the thing that went wrong. Because like you see Kay there, and you see I think like the detectives in there, and then like another doctor, yeah. one of the doctors is in there. Yeah, yeah, like that was like really confusing, and they yes. did not explain it well at all. No, not remotely. Because um, like pretty much, pretty much like all of the principal characters, uh, you know, appear in these flashbacks as like other people like scientists and stuff except for uh you know uh Kay's girlfriend who it turns out that the remem- the memories he has of her as his girlfriend are from the original Kay who was apparently like a lab assistant or a scientist or something in the lab where this crazy ass genetic material went haywire uh and 
somehow or another I is is a clone, uh, like the pure clone of of his of his girlfriend, which we explained how squicky and weird that is earlier. But um, yeah, like it's a it's a hella complex turn, and like if they had explained it and built it up a little bit more, it might have actually been like really well. Like it might have been really good, but like even even the kind of the half ass way they do it, it's still a pretty creative idea. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'd agree with that. Um, it has the film has redeeming qualities, absolutely. Just like I mean, there's a reason we watch lots of really horrible '80s movies, <laughs> especially the uh, the two tuned men who look like either. Cyborg beat poets, or <laughs> they look like cyborg, like French directors. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know which. Maybe both. <laughs> the cyborg beat that, poets of I City. <laughs> that was the weirdest. That was one of the weirdest scenes in the entire fucking movie for me. Was after the first tune man dies. <laughs> um, yeah. K2 has the other two man with like whatever fucking plasma <laughs> horrible gun she has. Like she has it at his head and she's like, man, I, I killed your best friend. All right, you can live. And not only putting the gun down, but dropping the gun at her enemy's feet and walking away. And he's all just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was so weird. Cause she feels like some sort of remorse. No, it's not even that she feels remorse. She thinks that the detective would want her to feel remorse. <laughs> so they, yeah. they they even strip that from her. She doesn't get her own opinion on it. But that was a surreal moment where, like, and, like, the poor, like, you felt really bad for that two guy because he obviously, like, his, the other guy was obviously, like, his best friend. Yeah. At least. It was a really weird kind of moment to transition into because you just got done with like this very 80s anime action fight. And then this dude just comes undone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a big weepy pool uh, over the loss of his friend. And it's like, this is this is oddly moving for a story like this (laughs) with with head explosions. It absolutely was oddly (laughs) moving. <laughs> and just over there, it's just like yeah, you guys are full of it. Like I want, I kind of wonder what like the facial reactions of the characters that were off scene or off oh, shot, but still in the same scene. I kind of wonder what their reactions were to that whole thing. See, I just pictured the detective off to the side going, "No, no, it's fine. You should shoot him in the head. He tried to kill us." <laughs> But I, I didn't get my wish. <laughs> <laughs> is this but the Giant Heads show up now? What happened? And the, the, oh, yeah. One. This is when Giant Heads show up. You know, like, yeah. like you do. Yeah, and, then, yeah and, the, and that's all you need to know about that, is that Giant Heads grow out of the ground. Yeah, giant Giant Heads that, like, catch everybody's feet in their mouths. And they're they're I guess they're they're psychically created by uh, that what was his name Lilo Chin or something like that the the guy who basically 
almost looks like an early concept design for Krang from Ninja Turtles. Um, so so he's he's basically this old naked guy who's sitting in a pool of red wine, like in like an open glass kind of kind of thing where the head would be on this like big like robot power suit. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's where first ideas for Crane came from. I mean, it, he's like rated R Crane, basically. That one way or the other, someone someone copied someone there. <laughs> <laughs> Sins have been committed. <laughs> when he when he when his first scene, like I almost kind of kind of choked on my soda at the time because because. <laughs> Of all the like villainous, menacing things that would come out of a corner, an old man in a in a vat of red wine that's <laughs> attached to the top of a power suit was not the first or even fiftieth thing I was I was looking for. It's the worst Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> <laughs> that's exact. That's exactly who he is. Like he's Baron Harkonnen's like like second cousin who. Doesn't get the good gear, apparently. <laughs> We're gonna put you in a vat of red wine and have you walk, walking around. And and they never explain. I, I'm calling it red wine because in my head canon, that's what it is. Because they never explain what the fuck he's sitting in. Like it, like which? It's way more interesting if it's red wine than if it's like you know psychic fluid or something. Yeah, I mean, it, there's probably some very like it, it's in the in the writer's brain. There's probably some very clear explanation for what this stuff is, but it it, it looks like he's it looks like he's fucking soaking in Merlot. <laughs> well, I think sometimes that's the best thing, like especially for for things like that. I I don't really necessarily want you to tell me. Just leave me to my own devices. <laughs> It'll be so much more interesting than what, what you could do. Head cannon is the most powerful weapon. In all of fandom. <laughs> so yeah. So, so I see. the giant. So this was this, the guy who made the giant head was a was possessed or a servant of the the alloy, which is this the, the real bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for remembering the name. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what That's... what what Genma is called in this movie. <laughs> that's, that's what Wikipedia is for. Because <laughs> <laughs> it really is the same kind of like existential evil that turns out to be – well, at least in I-City, it turns out to be something interesting. Yeah, th- th- it is, this is more menacing than, than Genma is. Yeah. Even though Cos- Genma destroys the – like, like devastates the planet, he's and not menacing. Yeah. This is a yeah. being – like Genma is a being who devastates galaxies and wants to end all creation. <laughs> Genma was super disappointing because you're introduced to him as like this he, – he's like in space. There's like this menacing-looking you know, gaseous cloud that, that has like this skull kind of outline in it, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing the Fantastic Four should be fighting. But, but you know, then he turns out to be some shitty doctor. It's awful. Like here at least – the alloy is is a legit and, and compelling, interesting threat. It is, and like the, he gives us the gift of having the 
the evil you thought was evil just be kind of a guy who's just like, no, I'm trying to stop this shit. Well, I, I like how with Mystery Lee, who is like who we think is the big bad, like he changes his his visual. He's like he's wearing this like cool like cyber mask, and then when he's good, he takes that off. Uh huh. <laughs> well, you have to because he's know. like a kindly man with a mustache. Yeah, yeah. Like he he looks like he's the guy that's like building parts for a super robot, you know, when he takes his mask off. But like, I didn't even know it was a mask till the end. It kind of freaked me out. He took it off. I, I thought like he was, he was going to be like horribly disfigured or like there was going to be like, you know, some crazy, crazy reveal behind the mask. No, it's just a dude. Yeah. I, I had the same a big stash. Like, I assume it's a robot face or something. Like he <laughs> needs that to live. Yeah. Like I thought that was legit. His face. You guys are too. Uh, you guys are too entrenched in the, the genres. I just thought it was a mask. <laughs> there, I, there isn't too much into the shit. Sort of like like eye plugs or some like some like cool cyberpunk thing. Yeah, because it kind of wraps around his face. It doesn't like fully cover it. It it sort of the look of the mask is a pretty interesting design. It, it sort of comes around the sides of his face so it like covers his eyes like it just kind of covers his eyes and covers his jaw and and like part of his forehead but it doesn't like completely obscure the whole thing which kind of i don't know all along i was thinking both of these movies the problems would all be easily solved if there was a really good tactical sniper like just armed and ready <laughs> to take out like the big bad. <laughs> it would be just over, you know, in a heartbeat. But yeah, it's kind of a disappointing reveal. That guy. I don't know. I, I, I liked that. I liked that who you thought was the main bad guy wasn't the main bad guy. Oh no, no, that, that reveal was fine. It was, it was the mask, which I think, I think we're talking about the mask specifically is the bad reveal. Yeah, <laughs> then, like he goes wow. from, like being like this menacing like, like apocalypse looking knockoff thing, <laughs> then t- to being like you know kindly old man with a mustache. Yeah, you know I just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it, it, but to to your point, Diego, it was kind of it was kind of like a a, a more disappointing thing to find out that the the shitty old guy in the Merlot is the actual bad guy. <laughs> Well, he was just an aspect of the bad guy. At least you have that going. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> the bad guy, like I, I guess in the the manga, the alloy takes over lots and lots of people. I have to and believe they, that's true. In this, they just, you know, they I don't think they have the time to deal with that. They're just gonna have a guy in Merlot making giant heads. <laughs> Which, you know, if that's your psychic ability, kudos to you because that is creepy as fuck. <laughs> Naked old I'm, man. Make ten foot heads. Right? Yeah. Just grow out of the it was, ground. It felt like I was in a Mario game on the side. <laughs> but and that the, was literally his psychic power. Make the, giant heads. Yeah, the most messed up Mario game. <laughs> but so yeah, eventually like she's so so you have A who's the trigger for K. Because, like, whenever she's in danger, he goes from being a rating five head meter to being a rating 
symbol that is endless in power. Yeah. infinity. Yeah, like like literally like infinity. Like his number goes to infinity. But so you have like so, and then like that's the so she she basically just enables the man to save the day, and she calls him Papa. Oh, I don't yeah. think we've mentioned that yet. Like no, I yeah. I refers to Kay as Papa. Now again, this is like the clone of his girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, I mean, so it's like really weird. And then he always like screams her name like I like that. And so like if you want to play a drinking game with this with this movie, which I recommend quite strongly, every time he says I like just like knock back a shot of whiskey like right there. You'll die. Why are you killing, why are you killing people? <laughs> we don't have that many listeners. We can't kill them. <laughs> All right. All the pro drinkers out there. <laughs> Join join me. Like get your bottle of Jameson, sit down, watch this movie, and then you will not remember the end. And that's okay. Like you don't need to remember the end. You can watch you just the end. The end's not that great. No, the, the best part of the movie is that fight with the saw. We get the plot yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And that's only about twenty five minutes in or so. So like you get there, you've basically seen the movie. Absolutely. But no, it, it you know you mentioned Krang and it kind of the pulpiness kind of does remind me of like some some teenage mutant ninja turtle bullshit where they're just having street fights. And- oh, it so is. Like the, I mean, just the like this is such of that time of of you know '80s Japanese cyberpunk. You know, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's 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 like an exemplar of that time. You know, as is Bubblegum Crisis, which again we've I'm mentioning again, but. Um, it's, um, it's, it's such a, like, like that's, I, I, I identify that moment in time in, in, you know, genre culture in general, you know, Neuromancer and all of that stuff. I I just identify that so strongly with that time period. And it's, it's so emblematic of that. Well, I, I, I'm definitely grateful for our challengers. I'm really – I'm actually happy to have watched this. Yes, the plan worked. Show you Harmageddon. So watch Harmageddon first, then you'll like I-City. <laughs> I think they're both very good bad movies to watch. I would definitely lean towards this first, which makes me sad that there's no actual legal release of it. Well, if, if, if we keep reviewing it, someone will release it. This, this is such a discotheque release. This is like – this is like <laughs> – this is like discotheque core. If 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 there's a if there's a core for discotheque, it's this is this is discotheque core. It's, like it's, it's right here. Forgotten OVAs. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect for them. And then, and then like do three commentaries and a remaster. <laughs> like what? Watch them fucking announce this at Otocon or something. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> no, it'll be like some Tuesday night, like. They'll just announce 25 things, and, the, and one of them will be I-City. <laughs> and for the commentary, they just need to use this podcast, this episode specifically. No, there are better people who can do this. No, I mean, Absolutely. Like, like, we've covered everything. Like, you, you could just put it all in there. It's going to make about as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just splice it into a different order, and it'll work. There you go. Was there anything I, that, that we missed and for for this? No, I think we hit everything in I-City. Yeah. We hit, we hit, all, we hit all the plot. 
Yeah, like this this wasn't this doesn't this this didn't have any pretenses of being, you know, thinking man's anime like Armageddon did. So <laughs> there ain't a whole lot to uncover here. So do you did you want to tell us about what you're uh what you're working on, Jared, or more more to the point our listeners? Oh my gosh. Um so I am a uh contributor for any gamers, as we have mentioned, um, I mainly right now uh, pretty much um, contribute to three episode tests that we do every season, where we review three episodes of an anime and then uh, you know recommend it or not recommend it, uh, depending on what we've seen. Those are all out and have been out for probably over a week now. Uh, you know, we're about halfway through the season. Um, we also over there at Any Gamers, I do a podcast with. My partner in crime, Inc., uh, we do a show called Old Taku No Radio. We cover basically whatever the hell we want to. And um, we just recorded an episode on um, The Girl Who Got Through Time, great film by mm. uh, Memoro Hosoda. And then we're our next month's uh, release is going to be about Samurai Jack, so that's going to be fun. Uh, and then I'm also a, a contributor at Wave Motion Cannon at wavemotioncannon.com. Uh, I do features there. I also do uh, weekly reviews, and we are our, our blog over there right now. We're reviewing uh, Dragon Maid, which everybody should be watching because it's great, and um, Scum's Wish, which if you can put up with Amazon's bullshit paywall, uh, then then that's a good one too. Um, and and that's pretty much the sum of it right now. Yeah. My God, you're working on a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a little too much sometimes, but it's fun. Well, uh, I think everyone knows we're still trucking away on Babylon 5. We're getting towards the end of the third season, amazingly. Yes! It, this the, the plan is working. That's some good shit right there. Yeah. And we'll be, uh, in the near future, we'll be doing a short story podcasts and somewhere in our future is still going to be our hot dog tour of New Jersey podcast. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff in the, in the hopper. We, I, we have no more space for new ideas. Yeah, we, 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 we have plenty of stuff to take us through at least the first two thirds of the year, I think. Yeah. And then that last third is Halloween and Christmas. Yep. Which, by the way, if I may plug y'all's uh, recent well, recent-ish, uh, Halloween podcasts from this past year. Fantastic stuff on the Universal Monsters podcasts or the Universal Monsters movies. Um, really great, and I really enjoyed them. Uh, so Thank you know, you. I'm sure the Ed listeners Sun- here have all listened to that, but you should go listen to it again because it's really good. Well, Ed Sidemore Sun- just listened to that. <laughs> yes, and he has views. Oh my god, he has views. He, he is going to be on a Frankenstein podcast, I think. Yeah, I think he's just like... like I, was Frankenstein podcast. I was reading all those posts, and I was like, good lord, he he, they've got to have him on. They've got to. Oh, uh, you know, I forgot to I forgot to respond at all, but I saw you did, Vinny, so... I don't know, did I respond to those? I believe you did. I, I just, I'm so rarely on Facebook, I'm trying to be better about it, but... Well, Ed Sizemore is on Facebook and is uh, really on Facebook. Yeah, like, that's like the only reason to be on Facebook anymore is just to follow Ed Sizemore. And um, 
I, I, I will personally write a blog post about whoever can convince that man to start uh, podcasting about manga again. I will just I'll write a I'll write a blog I'll seriously will write a blog post just about how great that person is. <laughs> I, I really will, because they'll be doing us a service. Hey man, get, get right, bring so, back Ed Sizemore is the uh, is the goal here to get Ed Sizemore back into his own podcast. Yes. Let's start a hashtag. Yes. Bring back Ed. That is my anime party platform. Is get Ed Sizemore back to uh, podcasting about manga, buy Harmony Gold, and. Uh, destroy their stranglehold on the cross and um i don't know hug pillows for everybody that's oh. that's my part oh. the two for three there two for three hey, hey you gotta you gotta you gotta appeal the masses man you gotta appeal the masses you and you, a twitter if you elect me <laughs> you had me at destroying harmony gold <laughs> hey man you could you could put whoever you want to in that hug pillow mine's gonna be the sdf1 it's gonna be fine <laughs> All right, so um, all right. The did you mention where they could actually just follow you on Twitter? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that might might be helpful if they um, survive if, this long. Yeah, if if you have managed to tolerate my rambling long enough, uh, and you want more, God help you. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at at save versus Jared. I'm also on this uh, newfangled uh, thing called Kitsu. Uh, which is sort of like an anime social media deal. It's kind of like a bit like an anime planet married up to a social media thingamabob. Uh, and I think I'm also say versus Jared at that. If you want to look at me, up, look me up there. I've never heard of this. I'll shoot you a link. It's actually kind of cool. If they can develop it and build it out a little bit more. It might be a acceptable uh, alternative to the uh, pro Nazi anime or not anime planet. Uh, my uh, my anime list. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I left yeah. that Miami list after that weird pro-Nazi thing that they released. Yep. Yep, I'm on Anime Planet now, also, and Kitsu. All right, and you can follow us at uh, AGC Blog on Twitter, and I'm not sure what our web address is, Vinny. Our web, our web address is www.allgeeksconsidered.com. All right, and I'm at DM underscore AGC on Twitter. And I'm uh, at sign Vinny Av AGC. So there you go. You can follow us all for our ramblings on various topics. Guys, thanks for having me on. I love the show. Big fan. And I love listening to y'all stuff. So really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and uh, geek out with you guys. No, it was great. Thank you for coming Thank on. You, you, for, you were uh, great you, to talk to. You, you made it better. <laughs> yeah, the, That would be a first. These, these movies are better when more suffer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a joke why are you laughing because <laughs> it's funny you are a clown put here for our amusement but I am Pagliacci <laughs> uh, well thank you very much Jerry for coming out oh my god guys no I was so excited when Vinny uh, invited me on like really I really was like I was so looking forward to this <laughs> After you, he's got holy power. He's a man, he's a special man, he's a psychic fighter. Fighting for 